2: This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. I'm Cynthia Graber. Star-shaped cells called astrocytes are the most abundant cells to be found in the human brain. In the past, they'd been thought to play a supporting role to neurons, such as providing metabolic support. But recently, they're also emerging as stars of information processing. They can respond to neurotransmitters and release neuroactive substances that then affect synaptic transmission and plasticity.
3: So we specifically wanted to look at the role astrocytes play in brain reward signaling. And dopamine is one of the major neurotransmitters involved in reward signaling of the brain. So that's why we decided to focus on astrocytes and dopamine.
2: Michelle Corcoran is a child neurology resident at Columbia University and is one of the authors of a recent review paper on the links between astrocytes and dopamine signaling published in the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. The review looks back at the history of research in this field going back decades.
3: What we found was that, indeed, astrocytes do express dopamine receptors, and they express dopamine receptors throughout the entire brain. And these are both D1-like receptors and D2-like receptors. And in addition to expressing dopamine receptors, they do have functional changes in response to dopamine, including increases in calcium signaling.
2: What are D1 and D2-like receptors?
3: Yes. So for dopamine signaling, um, dopamine acts in the brain either through D1-like receptors or D2-like receptors. And so traditionally what's thought is that D1-like receptors aid in um, activation and D2-like receptors in the most basic sense, aid in inhibitory signaling.
2: So what happens when dopamine locks into these receptors?
3: In response to dopamine, there are increases in intracellular calcium in the astrocytes. And this increasing calcium in the astrocytes is associated with the release of neuroactive substances such as ATP, GABA, glutamate to modulate neuronal activity.
2: Does this lead to any functional understanding of the brain? What are the implications of this?
3: Absolutely. Uh, So essentially, what we found is that specifically in the nucleus accumbens, which is one of the major reward centers of the brain, uh, dopamine can act on astrocytes to have this increase in intracellular calcium. And then what we specifically found in our group is that astrocytes release ATP adenosine to then depress neuronal activity In the nucleus accumbens. And in terms of behavioral output of this system, we also found that the decrease in astrocyte. Calcium signaling is associated with decreased um, effects of amphetamine-induced cycle stimulant effects in our preclinical model.
2: Does this mean the mice are calmer?
3: So yeah, so essentially one interesting thing about amphetamine is that it is a cycle stimulant. So when you give it to mice or even humans, um, there is an increase in their activity, increase in their behavior. In our preclinical model, they move around a lot more. And when we have mice that have decreased calcium signaling in astrocytes, When we expose them to amphetamine, they move around less compared to the wild type mice that have normal levels of calcium.
2: Are there other pathways through which astrocytes and dopamine interact, or is this the only one?
3: There are multiple pathways in which astrocytes play a role in dopamine signaling and with diseases with disrupted dopamine signaling. So, in the literature in the past, what they Focused on were the structural and morphologic changes in astrocytes. So, for example, in disease processes that have disrupted dopamine signaling, such as addiction and substance use disorders, astrocytes have increased levels of GFAP levels, which is essentially a structural marker for astrocytes. And what we wanted to do for this review was highlight the functional changes that astrocytes have in response to dopamine signaling. So that's why we focused on calcium signaling and then astrocyte neuron signaling as well. Um, What's really interesting is that with diseases with disrupted dopamine signaling, such as substance use disorders, there are dysregulation of other neurotransmitters such as glutamate. And astrocytes are one of the major cell types in the brain with glutamate transporters. And there's this hypothesis that if you are able to normalize glutamate homeostasis, then you can aid in treating drug substance use disorders as well. So astrocytes are implicated in helping with glutamate homeostasis as well. And what's also really interesting is that with, diseases with disrupted dopamine signaling, such as substance use disorders, what researchers have found is that if you activate astrocytes, if you induce calcium signaling in astrocytes, or in other ways, activate astrocytes, you can decrease drug-seeking behavior. And this has been found in multiple disease processes with substance uses, such as cocaine, ethanol, and amphetamine.
2: And what does this say to you? Are there implications for clinical practice or for therapeutics? Are there ways you could imagine to activate astrocytes whose activity has been maybe depressed in some way?
3: Yes. Thank you for asking this question. I'm so excited about the idea of using non-invasive neuromodulation to regulate circuits and cell types that are disrupted in disease processes. And so one idea is that we can use uh, non-invasive neuromodulation to specifically target astrocytes or circuits that are associated with disrupted signaling. And there are papers that have looked in preclinical models using transcranial direct current stimulation. And what they found was that when they use that stimulation, astrocytes are specifically activated. They see increases in calcium and astrocytes. And in their preclinical model, they saw Decrease depressive symptoms. Um, so, this suggests that there are ways to specifically target astrocytes um, with non invasive neuromodulation to help with developing treatment options for patients moving forward.
2: There's been a lot of interest in this non-invasive transcranial stimulation, but in general, as far as I know, it isn't well understood. Could this be one potential mechanism of action?
3: Yes, I do think that that is a uh, potential mechanism of action. I do think a lot more research is needed to understand How does non-invasive neuromodulation work? Um, For example, I do think that depending on your parameters that you're using, so are you using high frequency versus low frequency? How long are you stimulating the brain for? What region of the brain are you stimulating? I think all of those contribute to the output of the system and what results you'll see. So I'm really excited to continue work looking at non-invasive neuromodulation as a potential therapeutic for brain disorders.
2: Did anything surprise you and your colleague when you were conducting this review? So
3: I think one thing that surprised me was there is an abundance of research highlighting the role astrocytes play in dopamine signaling. And as I mentioned at the beginning of this, is that astrocytes are normally considered support cells, and they're not thought to play an active role in brain information processing. But there has been research for decades, half a century, showing that astrocytes express dopamine receptors, astrocytes have increases in um, intracellular signaling events, Um, astrocytes have changes in functional uh, structural morphology in response to dopamine. And so one of my hopes for this review also is to um, encourage the neuroscience community and the scientific community in general to um, consciously think about astrocytes when they're conducting research because um, they do play a role in brain information processing.
2: It sounds like you have specific lines that you're particularly excited about doing yourself. But after doing the survey, where do you think research in general needs to go next?
3: Absolutely. So a lot of the research that I highlighted in the review was done um, in culture and then also in preclinical models with acute brain slices. And there were a few papers that also did in vivo work. I think moving forward, continuing to do in vivo work, looking at the role astrocytes play in awake behaving animals in response to dopamine and diseases with disrupted dopamine signaling will be really great for moving the field forward. Additionally, it would be really interesting to look at how do astrocytes manifest plasticity. I think one of the really interesting things about the brain is that in response to signalings, they have changes in neuronal function that can be long-term plasticity, whether for neurons, it's long-term potentiation and long-term depression. And it'd be interesting to see whether or not astrocytes also exhibit plasticity um, over a long period of time in response to brain signaling, um, whether that be with calcium signaling or even with the network dynamics between astrocytes as well.
2: This is the podcast for the journal Neuropsychopharmacology. To read the article discussed in the podcast, go to www.nature.com NPP. I'm Cynthia Graber. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino
3: from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?